Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Bourbon runs through the rivers, rivers run through my veins. The only place I've ever called home, it might have left, but it never left me. I miss those misty mountains, how they always stood tall. And I swear I can still smell the air of a late September fall. Mm, when I think about it all. I could go back sometimes Wish I never left sometimes Gotta get out, had dreams bigger than that town Someday I might find that highway home Till I can be with you again Send my love to Lexington Memories play like a movie In the back of my mind Doesn't matter how far I get My heart's at the county line Ooh, and I guess that's why Sometimes I wish I could go back Sometimes Wish I never left Sometimes You gotta get out Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Raleigh Keegan with Send My Love to Lexington. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? 
Hey everybody! You know what? It's funny. Until he said Bluegrass Hills at the end, I didn't know what he's talking about Virginia or Massachusetts or South Carolina. Well, they were in Lexington. Well, I think what you're always supposed to think is Lexington is some beautiful woman running through fields. No, see, no, no. I want specific geographical. That's that's, that's how you write those songs. (laughs) I want to know exactly what I'm thinking about. Uh, I figured it was Lexington, Kentucky. Well, well, Galveston. Yeah, but you know where that is. You know that's in Texas. It's not like can't be Galveston, Ohio. Well, there are a bunch of Nashvilles too, but everyone knows Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, there's Nashville, Indiana. Well, who would who, who would think that? You you wouldn't, but there are other Nashville. Well, isn't there Rome, New York too? There's there is a Rome, New York. There, there's yeah. London, Ontario. Come on, certain things are where they are. Anyway, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I thought it was uh, very ambitious and uh, very enjoyable. I thought that. Um, well, you were humming the the. Yeah, chorus. man, it's really and like you really said. He, of, he starts um, out with that real low Nashville voice, but then he goes to that falsetto thing in the chorus, which is kind of interesting. Very pop, interesting choice. Uh, and to, you know, to, there aren't a lot of people singing like that right now on on the old country radio. Right. So. No, but just to give you guys some background on Raleigh, he has a new EP that is coming out called Tale of Seven Cities, which is why all of the tracks on his EP are about the different cities that he's visited. So we've yes. got two more tracks that we're going to be well, playing this guy throughout. Is geographical. He is geographical. Yeah. But he, uh, just to give another little background, he has toured with uh, Keith Urban and he is originally from Ohio. So. And guess what? And guess what, guys? Mm. I'm smiling. <gasps> Oh, hey! Invisalign update. How's the Invisalign going? Week four. You know what I found out? Because lately I've been getting these headaches, little little low grade headaches. I go, what's uh-huh. what's this about? Yeah, it was because of the your right. My teeth are re- starting re- to hurt. Posi- repositioning going, your bone structure. I told you that. Well, I didn't realize it. Yes, I'm like baby. I'm teething. It's like my growing <laughs> my baby teeth are coming in. <laughs> It's wow. like when your teeth shift, they oh, hurt. God. Like, so I got to do this for a year. Have headaches and 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 no 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 no. you won't have headaches for a year but like as and you'll get used to it but like the first couple of weeks I told you no wonder you're in such a curmudgeonly mood so let's get around to something that I want to talk about so I have a little thing it's kind of related to the Oscars it's not about what happened there which is ridiculous anyway but we won't even we won't give that any any more tiresome but anyway um. Billie Eilish won the Oscar, which I knew she would. And they said every James Bond song has won the Oscar. That's because in order to be Oscar worthy in a movie, the song has to be written for that movie. So it can't mm-hmm. be a, a soundtrack where they, someone just takes a song that's already existing. It has to be written specifically for that movie. And very few songs are, are written for that. It's only Disney and maybe James Bond. Everything else is just needle dropping. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think they're they going to change the, the criteria for that category. It should be where... Written for film or no, something. No, if like you that. have a song that's in a film, because certain songs really work in film. So they should have a sync, basically, should have a sync Oscar. Possibly, because so many yeah. more songs are distinct or licensed for a film that right. really kind of make the film sometimes. Right. You know? So I think they should they should play around with that category and change it. I mean, music in the Oscars would make maybe make the Oscars more tolerable. I actually agree with what you were saying because I think that there are some songs that even though they were produced and made outside of the film 
actually truly make the film right. 100% better just because of of that song, regardless of if it was made for the movie or not. So the fact that they're not able to put it into a category because of that is stupid. You know, I'm curious. Yeah. I, I, I thought about it. Wasn't West Side Story up this year? Was it? Or Could that it, not was it, win because it already won 30 years ago or something? Or? No, hold on one second. Let me look it up really quick because I thought West there were Side like, Story. Weren't there, weren't there like 10 films that were in consideration for film of the year? You know, that's, this that's year, insanity. because of the COVID, I, I haven't seen yeah. one movie. The only thing I saw I, was that. Oh, I watched, I watched Encanto many, many times. So <laughs> We should do an, an episode or two about musical theater. I, uh, I think it's the, fascinating. I'll sit out for I'm that a one. huge fan. I think it's the worst uh, form of musical and... entertainment. Why? People, yeah, pe- people, oh, people this could don't be... like I, it. I think, I think musical theater is below puppet show. Well, you know what? Why don't we save that? Why don't we save that? You know, banter for our musical theater episode. I think it's yeah. like, you know, card tricks, puppet show, <laughs> and then musical theater. <laughs> and then haunted house in, the, in your basement. Yeah. yeah no, then, yeah. then balloon animals. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, so I know as we're laughing, but on a sad note, I can't believe that guy. I, I like that guy, Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins, yeah. yeah, from the Foo Fighters. I'm reserving a uh, comment because I am the only person on the planet that doesn't think that Foo Fighters are the second coming. They bore me well, to tears. Yeah, well, again, tears. you know, you, you, they know, you know what they are. To tears. By all accounts, he's a great guy. And he's and a great guy. Sure I, everyone he, digs him. And he's accomplished a lot, but I just, I'm bored by yeah, that. Yeah, they music. got some good songs. You know what they are? They're, they're truly one of the last real rock bands. Yeah. There's no real rock bands out there that are at that level. So that's well, what the he fact really that they're is. still playing and selling out and traveling the world, not just the country. Yeah, because he's, like, he's fifty three. This guy was fifty. These ain't, these guys ain't kids, no. you know. And they and they still, I mean, from what I saw, they still have fans in these countries that are even like eight, nine, ten, eleven year old aspiring drummers and rock stars and singers who are coming up to them asking for their autographs. So, I mean, they still have a, a very dedicated fan base. Yeah, but it's a shame, you know. And uh, I hope it was drugs because I hate when young people just die for heart attackers, you know. Yeah, and what they're saying is like there was like 10 different types of drugs in his system at the yeah, time that how, all kind of like happen? counteract each other. Well, what happens is it, they call it cascading, but more importantly, if fentanyl was in the room, that stuff is killing people on a daily basis. And, you know, I don't know why something hasn't been done about it. I mean, you know, you can be what we used to call a casual drug user or, you know, a recreational user, and you can live, be living your best life and partying, and you're not an addict, and you don't have any negative consequences, and you get trashed a few times a week, but you come in contact with this stuff, and it's so strong, it just kills you. one day, right? Be careful, folks, you know? I mean... Well, I know, if I waste. have too many, it's like... truly a waste. I love these, like, organic blueberry cookies that I eat. If I have too yeah. many of these blueberry cookies, I feel like crap. So, like, yeah. I'm obviously eating, like, cookies. <laughs> I couldn't have yeah. 10 drugs well, in my body. If your MO is that you're good at partying, yeah. you know, no the one's concept good at of partying. more is always, um, you know, something. It's uh, it's sad. It you is. know, it's, it, it's, it's difficult. You know, one of the hardest things for people that are, that are dealing with addiction, one of the hardest things for them to deal with is the idea that there are people in the world 
that party hard that aren't addicts and they get to do it because they don't have a lot of negative consequences. It just so happens that the stuff that people are partying with these days will just kill you right. deader than a hammer. Right. Now that we do our public service announcement. And we we plugged Invisalign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what? Through all this, you know what's happening, guys? I'm, I'm smiling. <laughs> because so of my Invisalign headache. <laughs> theater of the mind of you smiling with straight let's teeth. play some more music so and stop talking yeah. let's, let's, stop uh, talking. let's keep on smiling to another one of oh, raleigh keegan singles with these. i did I, I haven't done it in a couple uh, episodes had right. to do it yeah, yeah, all right so why don't we learn a little bit about 9420 crowdfund and then we will listen to raleigh's new single which is new to nashville this episode of the podcast is sponsored by 9420 crowdfund 9420 Crowdfund, the premier crowdfunding platform for indie music artists. Get the best elements of crowdfunding without all the hassle. To learn more, go to 9420crowdfund.com. Again, that is 9420crowdfund.com. Cardboard kitchen table, dinner in the dark. I was down to four strings on my hand-me-down guitar Mattress on the floor of my room But I was new to Nashville Magic in the neon, music in the night Felt like I was made for living in these lights If only then I knew But I was new to Nashville A thousand dreams a day A thousand hungry heartbreaks coming But you can't walk away Cause someday you just might be something That ain't nothing New to Nashville I was in the right place at least a couple times I shook all the right hands, but they don't remember shaking mine. I've been paying dues since I was new to Nashville. A thousand dreams a day, a thousand hungry heartbreaks coming, but you can't walk away. Cause someday you just might be something. That ain't nothing new to Nashville I've been here for so long, heard so many no's That don't mean that I'm not still holding on a hold Like I used to when I was new some dreams do come true And that ain't nothing New to Nashville New to Nashville Really nice. 
You know, you one of one of the things that's going on with these tracks that I really love is this kind of unique uh, string arrangement vibe that's going on. Because I was a huge fan of what they used to call like kind of cosmopolitan country or like the '60s stuff that was a, a melding of pop and of country with big string arrangements. The first few Glenn Campbell records, for example. I used to love that stuff, and this kind of harkens back to that a bit. I was thinking today, over the weekend, we were driving through Nashville, and if you have spent any time in Nashville, and then now you come back or you uh, happen to be in our fair city, the Nashville that I grew up in, the, the Nashville that I remember is all but gone. So when we have the occasion, I'm going to mention something on the podcast that represents the old Nashville, the the Nashville that celebrated songs and celebrated songwriters. I like this song a lot, and uh, it reminded me of a song that I heard when I first got to Nashville in the in the early '80s. A song called "On Susan's Floor." So we'll put that in the notes, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Check out On Susan's Floor. It talks about... By who? By who? Uh, well, uh, there have been a bunch of cuts. I like, actually, I like um, Hank Williams Jr.'s version, actually. But I think Gordon Lightfoot cut it first. It's a Shel Silverstein song. And it's uh, about this woman, Sue Brewer, who would allow songwriters coming to town a place and to sleep and crash. Yeah. She was just super supportive of songwriters coming to town and she made a legend of her, of herself for her support of songwriters. So it's the kind of inside stuff that I think people would be interested in. I know of a few people that listen to our podcast for the stories you about you don't know anybody, back man. in the day. Yeah, back yeah. in the day. Well, Hold no, on. I mean, they're, the feedback that we got last week, too, I mean, they do listen in for the stories and kind of the inside info that, that you and Greg have on the music industry and, and things like that. I so. have no insight. <laughs> you do. I bring no insight into it besides the fact that I was a musical theater geek. So Anyway, uh, so did we talk to Raleigh? We did. So he answered our questions of the week. All right. So the first question that we asked Raleigh was to tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Raleigh Keegan. I was adopted when I was a baby, when I was four days old. My birth mom had me while she was in prison and made the amazing choice for me to give me up for adoption. And I was raised by awesome parents in Cincinnati, Ohio, who got me involved in music when I was really young. And then I ended up really excelling at that through high school but I decided to play football in college. So I was a tight end in college and uh, played football and did that whole thing. But in the back of my mind, music was always the thing for me and it wouldn't leave me alone. So that kind of led me to writing songs. And I wrote, I think, probably around 80 songs in like six months and they were all awful. But I recorded some of those and they started to work online and that really got me hooked. So from there, I am kind of an all or nothing person. So I went all in and my wife and I sold our house to pay for my first record in Nashville. And that was the beginning of my journey in Nashville. And it's been a crazy up and down ride, but I've been releasing songs and touring. I released my first album last year and uh, it's been great so far. It's interesting. Birth mother. Uh, 
So uh, birth mother, he was actually born not just in Ohio. He was born in a penitentiary because his mother was incarcerated for drug charges. Wow. So mm-hmm. he it, definitely an interesting birth into this world. Right. <laughs> so I guess after he sold his house, just from my understanding, he had his debut EP come out, but he also booked on his own as an independent artist 150 shows after that. Opened with Keith Urban for a little bit, and and he's kind of been working it ever that's since. That's pretty intense, which is, you know, to, to open for Keith Urban on on your own without. I know, thing. but that's also where his new EP comes from because it talks about the seven cities that right. he really enjoyed playing during his 150 shows that he booked. So it's kind of a little bit of backstory. What else did we ask? So we did ask him, uh, what current music projects are you working on right now? So right now I am releasing one by one songs uh, from this concept record that I'm doing called A Tale of Seven Cities, where there's seven cities with different songs, different cities in each of the song titles. And so we've been releasing those and I've released Nashville so far and Lexington, Kentucky, where I moved from. So I've been really excited about that because I really got to stretch myself creatively with this process. And uh, I'm really, really excited for people to hear the full project because I think it'll give them a more well-rounded view of who I am as an artist and all of these different influences I have and what makes me tick. So yeah, that's really what I've been working on. Then after that comes out sometime this summer, it'll be touring city and it'll be fun. So I'm looking forward to getting back out on the road and playing these songs. Living the dream, man. Yeah, it's pretty smart too. I mean, because hopefully, you know, he's making the most of, you know, like radio airplay in those specific cities. So automatically you got seven cities that you can go work pretty uh, vigilantly. Well, in seven cities that he already probably has some connections to since he's already played shows there. So there's probably a little bit of clout for, hey, the song's about this this place. If you don't remember, I was here with this artist or I was here doing this. So definitely It just shows you that nothing's really changed. It's still, you you write your songs, you record them, then you get out and play live. It's it's still, with all this technology and all this new fangled whatever, it's still the same thing, which is kind of, you know, kind of makes you feel good in a way. (laughs) And people, and people still like songs about things that are familiar so well yeah sure you know i mean and that's a really good way to start off is to um sing about their allegiance to a particular place i was gonna say too though like for people who are in those cities so we've played one about lexington one about nashville we'll play one about tucson at the end of this episode but like if you're from those places you're immediately going to be drawn to that but if you've wanted to go to those places too, you're going to want to listen to it to get his perspective on it. So he's being smart about it. It is a real thing that people associate good musical experiences and where they live. Oh, sure. California girls, baby. Well, but I also think too that it's funny to bring that up because having grown up in New York, anytime someone would say anything bad about New York or Long Island or New York City or whatnot, immediately I would be like, like, who the hell are you? Like, why are you saying something bad about my state? I would just agree with them. (laughs) But now having moved out and I'm in Tennessee, I have that same affection for Tennessee. And I'm kind of like, why are you talking bad about this state that I'm living in or or things like that? So what I find kind of odd about all that stuff is like, like, I never had any kind of 
New York pride or Italian pride. To me, it's like it's like being. What proud. is wrong with you? No, no, it's like being proud that I'm five eleven. Like you know, <laughs> like you know, I have. I was. I have, I'm proud that I have size ten and a half foot pride. <laughs> you know, it's like it's nothing to do with me. Who cares? I didn't create New York. I didn't create Long Island. I don't care. <laughs> you didn't create Kentucky. You know, what I'm saying like, what does it matter? <laughs> I have no like. I I didn't invent Italian. You know, like <laughs> no, but you are. Italian, so why can't you be prideful for that? I'm not. I don't care. I'm not prideful. I'm not like you know. I'm better than you because you're Irish. I'm Italian. Who cares? No, but you can. You can be proud that you are. You I'm not have... Italian. I'm American. Uh. I, don't, I don't know. I can't speak Italian. I've never been to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> You better come up with another one, Carl. But here's the thing: I'm proud that I'm 4'11. I mean, why? You're short. I am short, and I'm proud of it. Why don't you? My grandmother always said, "Great things come in small packages." If you could be five seven tomorrow, you go great. No, I wouldn't. I actually, I don't know because if I wasn't four, if I wasn't four eleven, I would never have been a flyer as a cheerleader. I would never gone on to win a national championship. Like my daughter's going to be taller than me by the time she's five, but that's here or there. Yeah, but you're not doing cheerleading anymore, so now you can be five seven. If you could get Invisalign to add eight inches. To your mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think everyone is full of baloney. I think there's too much pride in the world. I think, you know, there's, there's no, what are we proud about? What did we accomplish? The doctor told me I was not overweight. I was just too short. I needed to be seven foot <laughs> right, six. That's, that's me. I, I'm not overweight. I'm just too short for my weight. Right. What, what else uh, did we ask Raleigh? That's an old joke. So baby. we asked Raleigh what music artists have influenced your career so far. This one's really tough because there's so many, but I would have to say James Taylor for sure. Because like my dad used to sing James Taylor to my brother and I as we would fall asleep. And uh, that was like my first musical memory. And I would have to say Billy Joel, John Mayer, the Eagles. I grew up listening to to tons of the Eagles with my dad. Um, I think that was probably my first real exposure to country music. So I would say the Eagles, but you know, it was Zach Brown band that got me into country music and they were kind of like the gateway drug and got me into everybody else. Once I discovered them, it was like, I found Chris Stapleton, found Miranda Lambert. I found Eric Church and Brothers Osborne and people like that. And I was just smitten. I was obsessed with music and I, all I could think about was trying to figure out how to do this for a living. What's interesting is I don't think we've ever had anyone reference James Taylor or Zach Brown Band. So I think those are two two people that we've actually heard have been influenced by. And I get those influences, but you know, if we're going to continue to do this podcast, I guess we're going to be charged with the responsibility of in 2022, we need to figure out what's going on with this mayor dude. I know. That's like the fourth time we've heard him in the last Two months at least. You know, I mean, I, I just never, I mean, I, I understand he's a really, really great guitar player. Right. Uh, I just never understood the influence that seems to be out there. So we're going to have to figure it out. Like, I remember when I was 16 and 17 and we like just got our cars and we were driving and my cousin would put John Mayer on and we'd listen to the soundtrack, but like he never was anything exceptional to me. Like there wasn't anything that stood yeah, out that it, was like, oh my yeah. gosh, he's amazing. I just thought he was a guy who dated a lot of girls, you know? He did and apparently got 
influential, I guess, in what you he did with those girls. Ellen Swift, <laughs> Jessica Simpson, Je- Jennifer Aniston is a million of them. Like everybody, yeah. he was like crazy. That's what I think he's. Well, been. he hung out. I mean, that was one of his things. I mean, he was known for hanging out with famous people. You know, and he's I mean, a great. He's, he's a great guitar player. He's got a good feel. His first record was kind of interesting. I don't see him as an influence. On. I see as someone who was influenced. But yeah. others. So what else did we ask this guy? So we asked Raleigh, what does a successful music career look like for you? This is a really interesting question because like it's so different for every person. But for me, success is getting to do what I love in the manner that I want to do it when I want to do it. There's nothing like the feeling that I get to write music, record that music, bring it to life, and then play it for people. I think that in and of itself, if you get to do that, that's success for sure. And everything else is just window dressing. And if all the other good stuff happens, that's great. But for me, I started this whole journey and I have been on the road almost 200 dates a year before the pandemic. And I'm doing that because of a deep, passion. There's like a deep passion in me to do music and to get it out to the world. And if you don't have that, I don't know, you're not going to find success because nothing will be enough. That's my take on that. I think it's great that before the pandemic, 200 days a year, he was out singing, touring and, and doing all he's that. Like, stuff he's a good think- speaking voice too, actually. Mm-hmm. I think we asked him one more question. We asked him our, our um, what was that question we asked? We asked him, what is your take on the music discovery process today? I'm assuming this uh, question's about kind of TikTok, really. And I think it's a funny conversation because I think most artists secretly hate the fact that we have to do so much stuff, including writing, booking, touring, producing, all, all of the things that it takes to be an artist and then and then add on top of that a whole nother social media platform. <laughs> That's what people complain about. And uh, But... The flip side of that is we want our music to get discovered and we have to go where people are and people are on TikTok. So it's interesting because in a way it's really good because you can get discovered really from nothing. And that's insane. And that's really cool. So taking advantage of that is awesome. You know, and at the end of the day, we all know that the cream kind of rises to the top. Like you've got to have the the music behind the TikTok to make it work. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. You know, well, uh, I was going to say that that question wasn't even directed towards TikTok. No, but, well, he but, took it the way he wanted it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, one, TikTok, very interesting to begin with. But from a music discovery standpoint, he's not wrong. That is a place where you can be discovered. Right. You can gain a massive following that is loyal, that is wanting to know what you're doing, that is willing to play your music and share it out with them. But at the end of the day, I don't think that you have to be where everyone is in order to be successful. And I think that's kind of where he had it wrong. His assumption that the cream rises to the top, even though well-meaning, is not true. A lot of garbage rises to the top. A lot of garbage. But what you've said in the past, Carl, too, though, is that you have to have talent and talent will always shine through. And I think that's kind of where he was taking it. It can shine through, but if people are too dull sense to see it, they miss it because they don't get it. The problem with discovery is that there's just too damn much music out there. I mean, there are no gatekeepers anymore. If you want to make a record, you can go make a record, you know, and you can you can have a record in uh, 30 days. You know, this whole scarcity thing, I mean, to be able to manufacture that so that the cream does rise to the top and the cream is scarce in the scheme of things, you just have to have the right people find you at the right time. Anyway, so you know the drill. Get us out, Nicole. 
All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you listen through to listen to Raleigh's latest single, which is Cold Day in Tucson. For everything that we talked about, make sure you go to our show notes. We will link them for you at our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Crazy man, he swears it's 105. But the cactus turns to evergreen right when I step outside. Oh, I swear it's 10 below. That desert sand has turned to snow. It's a cold day in Tucson. Now you're too far gone for love song. Another